Hello there. Hi. Welcome back to Beyond the Studio. Yes, this one's an interesting one, isn't it? Because this is the first ever really, truly, properly live episode of Beyond the Studio. So if you've not watched before, welcome. My name's Paul. I'm your host. I run this lovely little platform called MYT, and it's here to help you become the best artist you can be by becoming the best version of yourself. So there's a very specific reason why episode 19, as it is of Beyond the Studio, is live today. And because I quite like to turn my entire life into a whole, shall we say, host of teachable moments, I thought I would do a talk which would be, or an episode of the podcast, which would be a nice compliment to the episode that I shared in episode 10, which was about overcoming the fear of failure, which was about so much more than that. And it was a really deep dive. And the feedback on that right from when we first did it as a MYT AAA members only workshop, live stream, masterclass, whatever you want to call it, way back at the beginning of MYT, back in sort of October of 2019, which feels like a whole lifetime ago, was was fantastic. So with the current situation, I thought, well, we can kill several birds with one stone and be able to look at something that I think is very, very important, especially right now. It's important under any sort of circumstance, under normal circumstances. But it's also very important, especially now with where we're at, with everything that's happened in the last year. Don't worry, we're not going to dwell on that too much because I think we all know the score where that's concerned. So yeah, this episode is all about the truth about burnout. Now, the reason why I'm doing a whole thing on the truth about burnout is because, quite frankly, I'm burnt out. (laughs) Because there should have been an episode last week of Beyond the Studio, and it didn't happen. And the reason for that is because, quite frankly, as I've just said, I'm burnt out. So how did this happen? Well, I think I would be underestimating it if I said that the last year also has been very intense for everyone concerned. I don't think anyone has kind of escaped the intensity of of what's happened in the world with you-know-what, which in certain parts of the world, at least, it looks like we are hopefully on the other side of and things are improving in certain parts of the world, which is very good. Obviously, other parts of the world are still struggling, so... You know, our best wishes go out to those people who are in those countries, if you might be listening. Just know that it does get better. So what I wanted to do was go through a whole heap of different things and talk about it because I think it's incredibly important because we're all going to potentially go through this at some stage. So let's have a look, shall we? So for those of you listening on iTunes and on Spotify a little bit later on, You know, it might be worth checking the video version out because there's going to be a lot of graphics on screen. So don't get me wrong, there's going to be stuff that's going to work no matter whether or not you're listening or watching this. But if you want to see the titles of stuff and headings on the screen and stuff, 
advise you to head over to our YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already, because honestly, we've just hit six and a half thousand subscribers. And I'm really, really thankful for that. I'm really thankful for everyone's support. We are by no means the biggest YouTube channel on the face of the earth, but the six and a half thousand of you are very, very engaged and really, really, you know, are into what we're doing. So thank you for that. And yes, hopefully we will continue to grow that at a nice, natural and authentic rate. So like I say, this whole episode of the podcast is called The Truth About Burnout. So we're going to go into what burnout is, what the causes are, what the signs of burnout are, what to do about it, how to avoid a burnout in future. Talk a little bit about, you know, how burnout, it isn't a badge of honour. And I think we've got a lot of problems in the modern world around our attitude towards art, towards the music industry, the dance music industry, the electronic music industry, and what it kind of takes in order to, quote-unquote, make it. And we'll get into actually reframing it, reframing burnout, and hard work, in inverted commas, and quote-unquote hustle culture, which I view as being one of the most toxic and most harmful things that is perpetuated nowadays. And also talk about, well, what is the opposite of burnout? Because there's going to be another side to the coin, right? Which is going to be far more preferable. It's going to be far more in service to us. And that's what the most important aspect is going to be, right? So let's get into it, shall we? And let's look at what burnout actually is. So what is burnout? And, you know, for those of you who have been there and experienced this in the past... I think it's something that you'll know very well how it feels. And I know how it feels because I currently feel this way. But I also have felt like this in the past. And effectively, I would, as a very broad kind of thing, I would say it's an inability to live optimally. So it's an inability to be at your best. It's an inability to be the best version of yourself to be productive, to be inspired, to be creative amongst everything else. And it is literally covering all the bases here. You know, it can be a mental burnout. It can be a physical burnout. It can be an emotional burnout, a spiritual burnout. All these aspects do play a part. And it's quite interesting where I find myself at the moment because it's a very specific type of burnout. And the burnout that I'm currently experiencing is slightly physical, but in a very specific way where it's actually my nervous system that has been like burning out essentially, which is then kicked on to some mental and emotional stuff. The strange thing about this is that physically, I don't think I've been fitter in my entire life. And one of the things that's really helping me in this situation at the moment is that my desire to exercise and to practice yoga and to do the things that really help me be optimal is very much in place. And again, it's worth sort of dwelling on that for a second because, you know, we've all been here with lockdowns and social distancing and things like gyms and yoga studios and group environments where we can practice exercise, movement, 
all that good stuff have been closed and have been taken away from us. So it's and no wonder that I'm feeling the way that I am because thankfully with this platform blossoming and growing in the way that it did in the last year, I'm incredibly grateful for that. It was a massive opportunity that we leaned into and we've done amazing things and we've helped so many people and I'm incredibly proud of it. But when you have that in combination with having your practices, your daily rituals either changed quite dramatically so their effectiveness diminishes or they're removed from us overall, that creates a challenging environment. And there's only like a plane that's trying to take off. There's only so much runway. And that's the the honest truth. So it can affect you in different ways. And not just because it's not a, a physical thing or it's just any one aspect in isolation. And just because it's not all of them at once doesn't mean it doesn't count. You know, very specifically, you know, the thing that's been going on with me is that I've had an additional tone to tinnitus that I've experienced for a number of years uh, arrive within the last four weeks or so. And that's been enormously stressful. It's been enormously debilitating to other aspects of things that we rely on, like sleep, for example. And it's led to a number of a number of investigations into what's going on and a lot of self-care and a recognition that, okay, I'm perceiving this extra, shall we say, ringing in the ears as the the alarm call, basically, to, to stop, essentially, and to key things down a little bit because the last year has been relentless on a number of fronts. Again, with lockdowns and the pandemic and everything else, we've very rarely had a feeling of absolute safety. For a good while, the world has not felt like a, self, a safe place to us. And that lack of safety has become so normalized that it's become invisible and it's become a part of everyday life. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the term the new normal because I think it's a horrible term and I don't think it, it, it needs to be even considered, frankly. So people's nervous systems, including my own, are on edge. And that's a very important thing because everything that we do, whether it be meditation, yoga, going for a run, going for a cycle, lifting weights, going to the gym, getting in the sauna for half an hour, taking a cold shower, going for a swim, you know, walking in nature or taking a dog for a walk, all this stuff is actually all to do with nervous system regulation. And it's incredibly important. So it's been incredibly difficult for us to do that. And a lot of us, myself included, have felt various different types of exhaustion, physical exhaustion, mental exhaustion. Again, the fact that so many of us are grounded has been a huge thing as well, where we're looking at the same four walls every day. And speaking to a lot of artists on the podcast and speaking to a lot of Friends of mine who are also, you know, really talented producers, DJs, artists, you know, there was, as the, the pandemic kicked off, there was like a rush of almost like adrenaline and euphoria that happened where essentially, you know, it became a bit of a, a problem after a while, really, because ultimately what happened was we ended up basically, like I say, running out of runway and the inspiration 
kind of dried up because how do you stay inspired when you are experiencing the same thing all day, every day? You are not mixing with people. You're not meeting new people. You're not introducing new energy to your life. You're not going to different places, experiencing things. And off the back of that, burnout can manifest itself as fight or flight, which to go sort of into nerdy nervous system stuff again is very, um, you know, it's very into things like uh, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. That's a, that's a big thing. And that is something that's worth looking into. Again, that's one of the reasons why I qualified as a yoga instructor last year, because I wanted to sort of share with people a little bit more on the connection between art, creativity, and the nervous system, movement, all of this stuff, because it's a really fascinating kind of point where everything kind of overlaps, like these concentric circles kind of, you know, inter interlink, basically. And the fight or flight is part of what we call the sympathetic nervous system. And we've all felt that way where we get that need to kind of like change our location very quickly or run or do whatever it takes to kind of exit a situation. That is a sympathetic response, whereas the parasympathetic response is all to do with calmness, rest, ease, and relaxation. So burnout pushes us quite extremely into the fight or flight reflex. And again, it can cause anxiety, which is something that I've been experiencing a lot of recently and has manifested in a few different ways in my body, which we'll get into, as I've just mentioned. Stress. And I believe for, for most of us in this situation, I believe that basically a certain amount of anxiety, stress, fight or flight has now become so normalized. It's become almost the baseline of our whole experience. And when something becomes so unchanged and so normalized, the way our brains work, the way our minds work, is that it effectively just gets filtered out and it becomes normalized that doesn't necessarily mean that there is you know there's not going to be an effect basically of course there's going to be an effect again just because we can't perceive something doesn't mean it's not there and like i mentioned before physical manifestations of this can happen uh, panic and anxiety attacks now to be completely honest with you i suffered one of those a, a few weeks ago because i basically got on shall we say the uh, the adrenaline ladder of, you know, experiencing tinnitus, which was the additional tone arrived. I was like, literally like, what the hell is that? And why is that not going away? Just appeared out of nowhere. And what had happened is that my brain started to really notice this change, understand it, and became quite sort of distressed by it. So the fight or flight response kicks in, at that point, on a neurochemical level, the body will secrete adrenaline and noradrenaline. And the effect of that is that it increases anxiety. That, in turn, makes the volume of the tinnitus rise. The rising volume of the tinnitus then pushes you even further into anxiety, which pushes more adrenaline to the system, and you're on, on this horrible feedback loop of doom. And let me tell you, this is, uh, this is something I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend... To anyone, it's something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Not that I have enemies, but you know, it, it's uh, it's a horrible thing. It really, really is, and that is is a major sign of okay, 
something's woefully out of balance here. You know, mental fog can be a big thing. You know, not being able to think straight. Sinus and ear infections can be a real thing. As I mentioned before, tinnitus can be a real sign of it. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole podcast's worth of discussion and information just based on what tinnitus is, actually. And future episodes, we're going to go quite deep on this. We recorded something last year with John O'Heal, who is the managing director of ACS Custom Hearing Protection here in the UK. And he's got a very interesting and inspirational story about his comeback from hearing loss and tinnitus and everything else. So we'll be sharing that in the next few weeks. And one of the things that happened in the last couple of weeks is that I attended a appointment with an incredible ear, nose and throat specialist at a private hospital in Manchester called Dr. Michael Rotherer. And this was a really beautiful, uh, fundamentally kind of, you know, reaffirming experience because, you know, they did the whole thing on, you know, on my ears. They did the whole thing. Uh, they really, um, you know, went to town. They did an audiogram. I did the whole hearing testing. I did the whole bank of tests, basically, which was really interesting and had a good look in the ears and I got given a completely clean bill of health. Uh, it's not every day that you're told by an eminent ear, nose and throat specialist that the um, that your ears should be in textbooks, whereas exact words. And as it happens, like I've suffered no hearing loss at all. In fact, I've probably had a marginal improvement in my hearing perception in the last 10 years, which is crazy when you think that, you know, I've been working in nightclubs for two decades. But one of the things that has really showed long-term payoff is that I've been protecting my ears since about the age of 24, 25. I've been wearing earplugs for the best part of 15, 16 years, basically, in the industry. Uh, I got into the industry when I was 21. Within three, four years, I was wearing the full hit and had molded earplugs for the vast majority of that. So I'd like to think I'm kind of an example of what can happen if you do look after yourself. And, you know, there's absolutely no reason at all why I'm not going to make a full recovery. And it's it's useful at this stage to kind of understand that tinnitus is actually a nervous system situation rather than hearing loss. There's a really big misunderstanding about the nature of tinnitus and hearing loss and what it actually is. Because ultimately, you know, it isn't hearing loss. And you see a lot of articles and a lot of people suggesting that it's like, oh, you know, you've, you're losing your hearing and it's not the case at all. In fact, as far as I understand it, and there's a couple of different schools of thought, one school of thought is that it's the sound of the raw, unfiltered nature of your hearing, uh, of your nervous system, and that's what you're hearing. Uh, Dr. Michael Rotherer's kind of take on it, and I'm hoping to get him on the podcast because he's a fascinating guy and he does amazing work in, in this field and would be a really interesting guy to speak to. He sees it as inflammation of the inner ear. So that being said, I have been on a course of quite strong sort of corticosteroids, uh, for the last couple of weeks, which, fully enough, has you know resulted in 
sleep deprivation because that's a side effect. So great. And, you know, mood swings, they're the main two things. And also it's made me even hungrier than I am already. So, you know, hopefully I won't put too much timber on because I'm off them on Thursday, thankfully. And, you know, it is it is making a big difference. Another thing I'm doing is is craniosacral therapy. I'm hoping to get a craniosacral therapist on the podcast at some stage in the near future to talk about that because that's a fascinating field and that's working on the 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 level of the nervous system, essentially. So, yeah, really, really cool. Really cool where that's concerned. Okay. And then finally, as I mentioned before, sleep deprivation is a big one as well. Okay. So it looks as if, for some reason, Restream is... Uh, not uh, not having it where YouTube is concerned. So uh, we'll have to upload that later on because I'm not stopping. <laughs> Simple as that. So there you go. Awesome. Right. Okay. So let's talk causes. And I'll interweave, you know, my own experiences into this, basically. And um, yeah, number one is obviously overwork. And we've kind of gone through a couple of these already. Uh, it's been an incredibly intense year. Uh, MYT has expanded from three courses to 25 in a year through lockdowns, through the pandemic. And at one stage, you know, we were pumping out, or I was pumping out like eight hours of live streams a week. Then you add in web development, editing, member management, you know, platform management, managing it as a business, advertising, social media, you name it. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a hell of a lot. And, you know, thankfully, I've had assistance from amazing people like Dan Fisher. Thank you, Dan, for everything you did through the last year. And, uh, you know, I'm taking on a new assistant soon, which is going to be great. But ultimately, you know, that pace is unsustainable. But again, like we said, when you're presented with an opportunity to, you know, first and foremost, serve people and help them and be able to not only help them to become better music producers, help them to become better artists. You know, we are helping them become better human beings and we're also helping them to become stronger through a very, very, very difficult situation that none of us saw coming. So that's been a big thing. And one of the things we've really successfully done with the platform is to create an incredibly solid community, an incredibly, you know, loving, really just beautifully positive, supportive, constructive and, and authentic community full of great people. That's been the greatest achievement of all, you know, more than any course we've put on, more than any masterclass I could have done, you know, more than any episode of the podcast, quite frankly. So ultimately, that's been been massively, massively useful where that's concerned. But ultimately, there is a price to pay. And the relentlessness of the pace will do that for you, ultimately. And again, it's a, it's a lack of true rest and, obviously, imbalance off the back of that. You know, it's an imbalance in the schedule. It's an imbalance in lifestyle. And let's face it, everyone's been out of balance for the last year. You know, these are not optimal conditions for us to be our best, for us to feel our best. And thankfully, things are opening up again. We're starting to, you know, be able to see each other again. You know, Team MYT is finally getting a meal tomorrow night with uh, the whole team, with myself, with Craig, with the two Dans, 
and uh, Rory and uh, also Mike Cave as well as joining us for dinner. And that's going to be amazing because we never got a first anniversary dinner in September. We never got a Christmas get together. We never got to say thank you to Dan Fisher for everything that he's done for us uh, as he's moving on in life and doing different things. And thankfully, tomorrow night, we're going to get the opportunity to do that. So, you know, that is things coming back into balance. And as I mentioned, with gyms reopening, with yoga studios reopening, with the ability for us to actually have the connection that we need again in this part of the world and another part of the world, you know, it's going to set us back on the path towards being a bit more balanced if we approach it in the right way. But it's still a major, major cause of the burnout in terms of the circumstances within which we've had to work. You know, I know for one, I, I can say this with all certainty that I am a bit, as they say, zoomed out. I am over the Zoom thing. <laughs> he says, doing a track feedback session with the community tonight on Zoom, which is probably going to be about three hours long. <laughs> but uh, I am definitely at the end of, of Zoom and at the end of live streams, as he says, on a live episode of his podcast, The Irony. But yes, it's it's time to get things back into a little bit more of a balance. And again, these all happen in general, you know, under normal circumstances, all of these things would be, you know, causes and triggers for burnouts. And ultimately, what the the conditions that we've lived through in the last year and a half have done is essentially they've been an accelerant for that. You know, they've poured gasoline on something that's already kind of on fire. So, you know, we've had this hyper version this hyper extreme version of it so you know one of the things i want to say at this stage is if you have been feeling like this it's okay it's completely normal it's totally fine you know it's a completely understandable and natural reaction and in fact in one way or another and you'll see what i mean by this obviously you don't want to go through it but it's a good thing because it gives you a tremendous opportunity to learn about yourself, about what you can withstand in terms of adversity, physical adversity, environmental adversity, and how you can come out of that a stronger person, a better person, having learned a little bit more about yourself and understanding that if you were to find yourself in a similar situation again, you are going to be able to handle it. You know, like I say, you know, a breakdown normally is a prelude to a breakthrough. And a breakthrough helps you access the next level of your consciousness, the next level of who you are as a person, and will actually render you much better and much stronger for the situation if it's handled in the right way. And that is the crucial element, right? So hyper-focus is a big one as well, as my titles are slightly out of out of uh, out of balance here, like just like my life at the moment, uh, and again, like an itinerant life, and ultimately, you know, it comes down to things like overstimulation as well. So we'll handle all of this. In fact, we'll put all of these on here and leave the last one out. So yeah, basically, overwork, imbalance, lack of true rest. Now, as someone who has successfully been his own boss for a decade now. I can tell you that there's an incredible amount of positives to it. You know, you can decide your own schedule. 
you can basically, you know, by and large, get to do whatever you want, whenever you want, and you don't have to answer to anyone. You know, you're only accountable to yourself at the end of the day, and self-accountability becomes a real amazing skill to kind of, like, do and be able to participate with in life as, as things go forward. But there's also problems because you never really truly clock off, right? You never really truly, you know, give yourself the mental space. I know I don't because when I'm not doing this, when I'm not delivering, I'm thinking about delivering. I'm thinking about what courses we could create. I'm thinking about what content the community needs. I'm thinking about what kind of support I can give to the community to help them get better. You know, I'm thinking constantly about service. And then on top of that, you know, I still have my own artistic ambitions, but I've still got friendships to maintain. I've still got family relationships to maintain. I've still got my own needs, you know, I still need to move and I still need to, you know, be fit and everything else. So is it any wonder that we get overwhelmed and then we have the legs kicked from under us with everything that's happened in the last year? And is it any wonder that we start to feel the causes of burnout? And then when you add on top of that a whole other thing, which again is another one of those things, which is worthy of not just a podcast, but probably an entire documentary and a whole series of podcasts on its own, is trauma. You know, those really, really difficult experiences that we've put through, we've been put through, we put ourselves through in the context of our lives. And, and trauma is a huge part of the last 12 to 18 months as well different types of trauma the trauma of losing your job the trauma of catastrophic life situation changes you know i'm very lucky in the fact that i'm in a field a subsection of the industry that allows me to expand on what i do that's not the same for 99.9 percent .9 of the dance music industry and the music industry in general like they've had completely the carpet pulled under them you know they've been completely kneecapped and that is an incredibly traumatic thing then layering on top, family situations. A lot of us have lost family members in the last year. A lot of us have lost friends. I lost some very, very dear friends last year and went through some really, really difficult things in my family life as well and in business as well, you know? Business stress and difficult situations going through that, trying to navigate the landscape and do the right thing and you know, be able to grow a company in a very reputable way. It's it's a difficult thing. So you can't underestimate the role of trauma in all of this. And again, like trauma release and overcoming these things is an entire field of work on its own. And it's huge. So, you know, we can talk about that in due course, but I think the most important thing I can say from the limited amount of time we have today is that, you know, we've we've got to just at least recognize that we all carry the residual effects of some form of traumatic experience in our lives, whether that be, you know, in relationships or whatever, whatever it is, it's all relative and it's all okay. And it's all, it's all, as I say, comparable, you know? I don't like to think about trauma in like graduated terms, like, you know, someone who thinks that, you know, my trauma is less than somebody else's trauma. And yet it's true that there's always somebody in a, a worse off position than you. But as I say, it's all, it's all relative and it's all relevant. 
So no matter how traumatized you think you aren't or how small you think your trauma is, it's still going to play a role. And things like this unconsciously kind of control and secretly kind of undermine you in a lot of different ways. And it can be a big cause of overwork, pushing you to overwork, because maybe you feel like you've got something to prove. I don't know. Or it leads you to be overstimulated. Again, overstimulation, you know. I can only imagine how much the collective screen time of the globe has escalated in the last year. And to be honest, I recently looked at my screen time stats again, and they're disgusting. They're so disgusting, I won't disclose them. But, you know, actually taking some time away from that is going to be a huge thing, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. So if all of these things are things that you're, you know, experiencing at the moment, again, that's totally understandable. It's totally fine, you know? It's it's normal to feel this way, you know? And again, you have to understand what your body and what your mind is trying to tell you. And there's a reason why you feel this way. And it's not an inconvenient thing that you need to get rid of. It's something that you need to work with in order to understand it so you can move into a place that is going to serve you much more, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, these are the causes. Brilliant. But then what are the signs? The signs of burnout. So this is a really interesting one because this is something that might surprise you in terms of what those signs are because they're not they're not easy you know they're not easy to detect and actually you know I was listening to a, an amazing podcast one of my favorite other podcasts uh, which is called Modern Wisdom uh, Chris Williamson doing great work. He's a big mate of Christoph's, so he's doing incredible work with that. And the interesting thing with this is, you know, he had a guy on called Greg McEwen, and he authored an incredible book called Effortless recently, and that was a sequel to another book that he wrote called Essentialism, which he's very well known for. Excuse me. Now finishing off the old turmeric latte there. And... The thing with what Greg was talking about on this podcast, because his whole thing is like boiling your life down and simplifying it to just the essential things and binning everything else. And his new book, Effortless, is all about, well, what do you do after you've become an essentialist? You are following, as he calls it, the disciplined pursuit of less. And one of the things he talks about is that success can actually be a trigger for failure subsequently because you end up in the undisciplined pursuit of more rather than the disciplined pursuit of less, which actually gives you greater returns in the long run. But effortless is about taking those essential things and actually making them effortless. So that's going to have a big spin on where we're going in a few minutes with things like reframing hustle culture and hard work culture and all this stuff. So one of the things Greg was talking about or Greg McEwen was talking about was the closer you are to burnout, the less able or the less good you are, 
the worse you are at noticing the signs. And that's certainly been the case for me. And, you know, just to sort of layer this on, really, like I've not really been right since maybe Christmas, if I'm being completely honest with you, Christmas of 2020. Um, and my TAAA members will know who are listening to this that I went a little bit doolally when it came to exercise. And this is a bit of a pattern for me. And it just shows you that, you know, too much water kills the plant, as Cristiano Ronaldo once said to Gary Neville on the training field. So I was using exercise as a coping mechanism. And it's amazing that sometimes you can disguise things that are pushing you towards burnout as things that are, you know, good for you. So I went into a bit of a crazy pattern where on my Apple Watch, I was teetering on the brink of 100 straight days of like, not just working out, but like really punishing workouts. I'm talking like, I went out and ran seven miles on Christmas Day. Like, you know, it was insane what I was doing. And that's going to have a cost sooner or later. The wheels are going to come off the wagon, right? So I've been kind of been dealing with the the output of that ever since, really. And it can come up in a lot of different ways. Now, I'll tell you right now, every single one of these things that we're going to talk about that I'm going to put on the screen if you're watching this is something I've been through and something I know the feeling of. So it might surprise you what these things are because, you know, one of the things to talk about is that there are really two states, right? There's the state of ease and effortlessness, as Greg McEwen calls it, and there's the opposite of that, which is burnout, basically. So again, when we get to reframing it, we can reframe these things in a completely different way. So let's start with frustration and the frustration of my titles being out of order again. <laughs> so hang on a minute, let me just see, because this is kind of a bit important for me to kind of get this right. Okay, so let me see, here we go. First of all, yes, creatively blocked. So we've all been through this, right? You know, quote unquote, writer's block. Me and Neil Davis have talked about this quite a lot. Uh, we'll be releasing that episode soon. There's two of them, one through... Relevance Festival over in Denmark. Hello to Andrea and the team over there, which we were asked to do, which was fantastic. And there's another complimentary one to that, which is something we did last year, which we talked about hacking flow states, which is very much part of the reframing of, of burnout, essentially. So that will be very interesting as a complimentary piece to this. So again, we can start to put the pieces together of episode 10 of Beyond the Studio, Overcoming the Fear of Failure, this episode 19 being all about, you know, the truth about burnout and what it is. And then subsequently flow state hacking and also talking about flow states and stuff with the relevance guys over in Denmark. So, yes, there you go. So creatively blocked is a big one. And again, we all have that whole thing. I mean, how do we get over writer's block? Well, have we actually considered that feeling creatively blocked is actually a big telltale sign of burnout. Because I'm going to be completely honest with you, between this and the other one here, feeling uninspired, is something that I've really, really felt over the last year. And again, I've kind of insinuated that a lot of artists have felt the same way, that once the initial kind of adrenaline and euphoria, weird euphoria of lockdown happened, 
then the inspiration kind of dried up, right? And this is where it can get into a real cycle. And this is where we've got to get really, really, really careful. Because ultimately what happens is that you feel uninspired and then everything feels like hard work. So one of the things that I found is that I can produce in a number of different states. And, you know, you'd be hard pushed to, to know what state that I was in because I've been delivering content and educational stuff now for over a decade, for 12 years now. And I can, you know, I can deliver it to a high level when I'm in flow and I'm in a really great, beautiful state. And I can still deliver it, not to, not to the same level, but not far off, even when I'm feeling not great. And that's what Josh Waitskin talks about. And that is another thing from Stephen Kotler's book, The Art of Impossible, which is, you know, learning to be able to give your best when you feel at your worst is is a big skill. But that's also, if you think about it, it's a possible constituent part of burnout as well if it's going in the wrong rock direction, right? So all good, all good. So yeah, um, just quickly, because I'm getting some comments from YouTube here. Just let me know if you're seeing things, because my restream monitor is being very, very weird. But just let me know if you're getting audio only or if you're getting video or whatever. Just clears it up, because if there's any problems, I'll re-upload this to the channel, you know, as a post-live thing. So just let me know in the comments, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, Felix, for saying that you'll share, not for sharing this, and also as well to Alex. And yeah, man, it's it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. And it's a huge part of it. And I don't think it's covered enough, you know, in this type of sphere. This is why we do this at NYT. This is why we really focus on this, because not only does it make us different to every other platform, it's massively important. It's equally important to understanding, you know, the latest update to Artoria pigments. Oh, all good on YouTube. Thank you, Anne. Brilliant. Loud and clear. Fantastic. Great stuff. So excellent stuff. So yeah, basically, um, you know, it's as important as understanding the latest update to Ableton or the latest update to your favorite plugin or piece of hardware, right? It's huge. It's a huge, and in fact, it would probably be one of the biggest levers that you can pull and get the biggest amount of juice for the least amount of squeeze. It's a very Pareto principle, 80-20 kind of thing where if you want to make the biggest amount of change in your musical or creative life, this is the type of area you've got to look toward because this is the foundation of everything. And really, the only main differentiator when it comes to, you know, artists who haven't maybe found their peak yet or the greats is the person sat in the chair, you know? So that's what it's about. So yeah, everything feels like hard work. And, you know, when you start to get to a point where it's like, I'm trying to get through a studio session, I'm not enjoying it. I feel obligated or I'm kind of phoning it in. Then that's a big, big telltale sign. And again, no sense of ease. You know, it doesn't flow. And again, that's going to be a big word that we're going to get into a bit later on. And that can lead to all sorts of really dodgy stuff. You know, it can lead to comparison. It can lead to, well, you know, looking at other people who are, you know, supposedly doing better than you. 
and I, they're flowing and they're making bangers and they're doing all this stuff. Why not me? And that starts to get into that weird sort of like victim kind of consciousness kind of thing. And that starts to really go down the slippery slope. And again, it's like it can lead to things like self-hatred, you know, and you end up, shall we say, hating what you love to do. I'm going to need to get all of this right. Hang on a minute. <laughs> what has gone on with all of this? Right. Let's just get this straight, shall we? Right, that's all at the bottom. Ah, here you go. Anger and frustration. Got there in the end. God, you'd think I'd get the order right, wouldn't you? Because this is kind of a flow from top to bottom. Like, let's think about it. Now, I'm, now I know where I'm going. You know, you start off by feeling a bit creatively blocked. And then it doesn't feel easy. And you're not sure what's going on. Everything starts to feel like hard work. Everything feels clunky. That leads to a feeling of un, un, being uninspired or a lack of inspiration. That can then make you frustrated and then ends up with anger. You then start to look outside of yourself rather than inside to see that other people are apparently smashing it much better than you. Social media being prime culprit in all of this. And then you end up in a cycle of self-hatred where you end up thinking to yourself, I'm not good enough. And even worse, I am not enough. And you end up, like I said before, you end up hating what you love to do. And that's that's a really sad thing. You know, I've felt that way. I've pushed myself to a point where I've ended up hating what I love to do. I've spoken about this on a few podcasts. Katie Knight's amazing podcast, Can You Put Me On Guest List. Dan Fisher's obviously amazing your music industry did two episodes of them if you want to check those out in a bit more detail but you know i've told stories in the past about playing to like three and a half thousand people in a nightclub in la before matthew dear and then running out of the club because i just wanted to be anywhere else other than in there that that's a telltale sign that you know you end up pushing yourself way over the edge and you end up hating what you love to do that's a really scary place to be because I've seen people make decisions and I've nearly made life decisions based on that feeling. And if I'd have gone through with it, I'd be a fucking plumber by now. Or, you know, I'd be back working in an Apple store when that's not the truth. And then that leads to self-sabotage. And you end up not becoming the person you were meant to be and you end up not fulfilling your potential. Super scary. Super scary place. And then what happens is, is that you start to process feelings of resentment. You start to resent yourself. Again, that self-hatred thing of why do I feel this way? What am I doing? You know? And again, just to reassure you all, like this, this is this is normal. Like this is this is understandable responses from your mind, from your spirit, for want of a better, you know, a better saying or a better term. Your nervous system, fight or flight, sympathetic nervous system, vagus nerve is very much shut down. Again, I would highly recommend you do a little bit of research into polyvagal theory and the vagus nerve and regulating that. It's huge. It's kind of the basis of Wim Hof and a whole load of others that things that have massively helped me in recent years. And, you know, you push yourself still further into bitterness. You know, you become bitter about the fact that you've 
not quote unquote made it and you know you're not as big as the people that you admire and you know you end up becoming quite sort of cynical about the industry and the music and you know that kind of thing and you end up holding grudges against people whether they know it or not whether you know it or not you sort of internalize grudges against people who you perceive to be either not helping you, not recognizing your talent, not giving you the credit you deserve, or, you know, behaving in a way that you find unacceptable based on, quite frankly, all of this on this checklist of absolutely just horrible things. And then they all compound. And then you burn out. So one of the things to say here is like, if you start to feel this way one day, consider that it's not the external circumstance. Because it never is really. You know, it all comes from within at the end of the day. And we've never actually had an experience outside of ourselves. You know, as I like to say, if we had an experience outside of ourselves, the likelihood is we've probably got about 10 seconds left to live. But ultimately, it is all happening within. And we had a great chat about that on AAA members' office hours, which we do every week, most weeks. And we were talking about an amazing book, which changed my life, by an incredible author called Jamie Smart called Clarity. I want to get Jamie on the podcast because he's an incredible guy. And he talks about, you know, you have to live from the inside out, you know, not from the outside in. And a big key trigger and sign, warning sign for you in terms of burnout is going to be if you start to place too much value on the external, which again has been very difficult not to do in the last year. So it's a very, very important thing to kind of consider. So again, these don't look like triggers, right? You would think it would be, well, I'm not sleeping, right? Correct. That's a sign of burnout. You know, oh, I'm uh, I'm losing my appetite and I can't work out properly and, you know, that kind of thing and I can't relax and stuff like that. Correct. These are all things. But, you know, like I mentioned before, these are things that are mental, emotional, nervous system based, spiritually based and physically based as well. Note how I'm, I'm. I've done so much sort of reading into and research into the nervous system recently that I've started to separate it from everything else because it really is, in my recent experience, like a whole category in and of itself. Everything that we do is a form of nervous system regulation and also trying to regulate our state of being, regulate our consciousness worth considering including the process of making music and that's worth considering as well like what's driving you is it some form of externalized materialistic success or is it the ability for you to express yourself as a authentic human creative spirit because if it's the former then you're gonna come into contact with this burnout stuff a lot more And I'll be completely honest with you and open with you that the reason why I've gone through these types of burnouts and quite a profound one in 2016, this one's nowhere near as profound, 
or as as you know severe as what I went through in 2016 was because I was the type of person that entirely derived his sense of self-worth through the achievement of goals. And if I didn't achieve the goals that I wanted or different things happened to what my little lizard brain was scheming in my head, then I wasn't worth anything. And then that also is a big trigger and shortcut into burnout and hating what you love to do and... That's when you end up flipping burgers for a living. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you end up flipping burgers when you should have been flipping turntables to thousands of people. It's a difficult thing to kind of countenance, really. So they're the signs. So what to do? What to do when you have recognised that you are burnt out? And the first thing to say is congratulate yourself because at least you've figured it out you know it's like the old saying isn't it what is the first thing you have to do in order to escape from a trap realize that you are in a trap pretty simple so you've recognized now that you are unfairly holding on to like negative energies and there's a little bit of animosity driving you and a little bit of anger and frustration and that kind of thing and you end up realizing that it's like, oh, I'm burning the candle at both ends here. I'm pushing myself way too hard. And that's why I feel the way I feel. Because it's actually not a real representation of me, of who I am, who I know myself to be in truth. So that's amazing. So give yourself a massive amount of credit. Give yourself a huge amount of love and validation and praise and understand that what you've done is taken the first step on a journey to possibly healing some really quite profound wounds that you have again going back to trauma and unlocking the next level of your potential as an artist massive absolutely massive now on top of that, the second thing you should do after you've stopped patting yourself on the back is stop, <laughs> basically. Just stop. So in the last few weeks, I've been confronted with this. And, you know, as things are sort of rolling on, you know, I don't like to, I also don't like to let anyone down. I'm very fortunate in that the AAA community is incredibly strong and they, you know, have my best interests at heart. And again, as a, I'm, I'm just deeply privileged to be the leader or a, a leader of this community and what it means for people and what it means for myself. Because, you know, I wouldn't ask anyone to do anything that I'm not willing and prepared to do myself. And I feel like I've been given that in, you know, reciprocation, essentially. So, you know, the content is still coming, still being made, but I made the decision a few weeks ago to actually just key it down. Just take it down a couple of gears. In fact, some of the community actually came to me and said like they were struggling to keep up with the amount of content that we were putting out. So it was quite a it was quite a, an illuminating set of conversations. It was like, oh, I'm actually like 
you know, I mean, I always like to under-promise and over-deliver, but it was getting a bit intense, right? So I stopped and decided to walk away and rest for a few days. So I took myself off to the countryside in Yorkshire and basically turned my phone off for three days and, you know, walked around church ruins and took photographs and got a bit of perspective, you know, got a bit of distance, decompressed, participated in what you would call deliberate recovery. But we'll, we'll go into, you know, further elements of that in a moment. So I've been basically now in a, you know, in, in a pattern of keeping things ticking over, but not constantly feeling like I have to be pushing things forward all the time. You know, these things come and go in waves. I mean, that's what this bloody tattoo is all about, right? It's you've got to ride the waves, you know, and stay in your boat. Like, that's what I love about the great wave off Kanagawa. That's my interpretation of it. It's my favorite painting of all time. And this is a, a reminder to stay in the boat, but also ride the waves. You know, you don't have to turn your sails into the wind all the time. You know, sometimes, like my man here says, slow down. Some of that, just slow down. It's okay. It's not going anywhere. And, you know, after the year that we've had, the year and a half we've had, You'd be forgiven for thinking it was because, you know, there's been almost no parties, that kind of thing. But as we can see, things are improving and, you know, we're not going anywhere. The only way the music industry or the dance music industry is going anywhere is if, you know, we were looking at an extinction level event, which this was not. But, you know, we like we'll get onto when we get into things like hustle culture. You know, we've been sold a lie. We've been sold a lie on all of that. So yeah, participating in deliberate recovery is huge. And again, like you've got to say like the rest that we take, the relaxation that we take, those periods of decompression, larger banks of decompression, but also the very crucial amounts of decompression that we have on a daily and on a weekly basis are hugely important. And again, it's of equal importance to the task. This is something that you will not hear from the bullshit hustle merchants. That apparently it's only about hard work. Well, I've got fucking news for you. If it was all just about hard work, we'd all be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week without a rest, without sleep, and we'd all be fucking millionaires. But guess what? We're not. So we have to re-examine our relationship to hard work and understand truly how efficacious hard work actually is. I just wanted an excuse to use the word efficacious there because it rolls off the tongue lovely as a, you know, uh, someone who loves words and also is scouse, you know, you've got to give a man his pleasures, right? But most of all, you've got to give yourself permission. This is the big thing. You've got to give yourself permission to do that. All of this stuff, to stop, to walk away, to rest, to decompress, to give yourself the distance. Distance gives perspective. And it certainly has done for me. And it's going to in the next couple of weeks because thankfully, 
a week today, I'm going to be getting on a plane to Portugal. And I have no plan while I'm there to do anything else other than read non-self-help books, <laughs> meditate, sleep, eat, maybe have an occasional beer. And if I'm feeling really, really energetic, I might just try and learn how to surf. But I'm totally okay if that doesn't happen and I just sit on a beach for two weeks because it's needed and it's not something that's happened for a long time. This is something that we can talk to specific to the dance music industry as well. As he takes another sip of turmeric latte there. You know, a lot of my work trips masquerade themselves as holidays. You know, I spent a month in Ibiza in 2019 and on the outset of it, specifically on social media, looked like a holiday. Little did anyone know, I actually built the MYT platform while I was there. Big shout out to Fat Phil Cooper and Nicola and the cat that I got to look after, little Luna. And thanks to his rather strong internet connection in Ibiza town, I, uh, I managed to build myself a business while I was uh, cat sitting peak time in Ibiza. I know it's a hard life, don't get me wrong. Hashtag first world problems and all of that. But it wasn't a holiday. It was it was a work trip, essentially. It was like a a writing retreat, you know? There was there was some holidaying elements to it, but what I'm saying is is that in the in this industry, in whether or not you're creating content or you're an entrepreneur or some walk of life where you are trying to create freedom for yourself, where you are not beholden to others and you can set your own schedule, there is an inevitable blurring of the lines. So I'm particularly excited about this trip to Portugal because it's the first time in my adult life, quite frankly, where I've just decided to go, this is a holiday. This is a holiday and that's it. Not doing anything else. You know, I think it's a good 10 years since I've done this really, which is not my adult life, but you get what I mean, you know, and actually having clear separation, again, distance, and I've given myself permission to decompress, which is as important as the task itself. Now, one of my favorite books on personal organization and productivity is a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And he says something at the beginning of this book, which is very true, which I think has just come to mind now. And it goes a little something like a muscle's ability to create power is directly proportionate to its ability to relax. So if you're constantly straining with every sinew, you are not going to create the same amount of power as a muscle at rest that can then flex to its maximum contraction. Our lives are like that. Our creative lives are like that. And as much as certain people would like you to think that, you know, all of this, like, you know, musical inspiration is infinite and, you know, we channel it from the great beyond. And yeah, you know, I kind of believe that to an extent, but I believe the creative inspiration is infinite, but our ability to actually act on it pragmatically is finite. And I think that's something that we have to divide into two slightly separate understandings. 
another you know amazing spiritual teacher that has become very prominent for me in recent times is Dr. David Hawkins. I actually spoke to Rashid Ajami about this on the podcast a few weeks ago, about this amazing book called Letting Go. And he's written another book, actually, called Power Versus Force. And I had a great term today on a Greg McEwen podcast. And somebody said it, which was, you know, they used to work, this person used to work with, like, athletes, peak athletes, you know, huge sort of elite Olympians and stuff. And they used to say, run fast, not hard. And that is is huge. Like, that's a huge, huge differentiation. And again, it's like, this is what we get sold on. We're, you know, building up into this whole thing where we're going to just completely dismantle in a few minutes hustle culture and hard work and all this stuff. We're not taught that. We're taught the opposite. We're taught no pain, no gain. We're taught hustle 24-7. And it's unsustainable. It's physiologically harmful. It's psychologically harmful. It's spiritually corrosive and unsustainable in the modern era. We don't need to do that. We never have, in you know, being completely honest. So now we know what to do, and we're going to reframe it and do the opposite and stuff as well, and we'll talk about strategies to offset it, recover, and also make sure that either this type of thing doesn't happen again, or we can make sure that the peaks and the troughs are not as extreme. And we can also ensure that if it does happen again, we have a set of tools at our disposal that can help us navigate this in a healthy way. Because the burnout that I went through in 2016 has created an incredible tool set for me to go through this episode of it. And it is nowhere near as extreme. So the volatility of the burnouts are getting, you know, lower and lower. You know, I'm I'm kind of a bit, not conflicted, but I can see both sides of the argument of, yes, you would prefer this not happen at all. Absolutely. But if it is happening to you, or if it has happened to you, you are effectively behooved to learn about why it happened, what the triggers were for you subjectively, what to do about it, how to emerge from the other side of it, better, stronger, more you than if you hadn't gone through it at all. So there is an argument of saying that actually, if approached in the right way, this can be in the long term, if you take a long enough time horizon point of view of it, this could actually be an incredibly positive thing. Like it, like the old saying says, it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. That's, that's a personal decision. Like it can make you weaker if you want that, but it can also make you stronger. So how to avoid burnout? Or we could say how to avoid being as burnt out. Or how could we make sure if we do burn out in future, that it's not as bad as what we said before. And, you know, like I say, like we're going to get into this reframe thing in a minute. Like I mentioned at the beginning, like burnout is not a badge of honor. But we'll get into that. So how do we avoid burnout? 
we become process orientated rather than outcome orientated and this is this is huge you know this is james clear this is atomic habits this is systems over goals which is something we'll talk about in a moment and letting go of the outcome again i used to be somebody who defined this sense of self-worth through the achievement of goals which led me to hating what i love to do which if you reframe that statement what you're actually saying is i hate the process but i love the outcome you know i hate the work but i love the money that and if you think about where we've just landed there that is how you take something that you love to do and make it feel like you work in an office nine to five doing something you hate it's just a reframing negatively and old outdated habits and belief systems and paradigms around productivity which we're leading towards so that's huge isn't it it's like it's hugely profound to think that way so if you can become process oriented now what i mean by that is practice over pressure this is one of the biggest things that my yoga practice has given me i've been i've realized now i've been practicing yoga for nine years next month and it's been a huge life changer you know i put it up on my instagram stories today that my yoga studio reopened last week has just been massive Big shout out to Liverpool Yoga Studios. And class by class, I am slowly but surely peeling back the crust that has kind of been, you know, attached to me over the last six months because the studio's not been open since Christmas. And I'm slowly but surely, you know, peeling back the layers to get to reality once again. And it's going to take a bit of time. It's going to take a few weeks going to take that and it's going to take a few weeks you know after i get back from from portugal but i'm already starting to feel more at ease and more in flow because we have a saying in a lot of our yoga practices and yoga classes again it's a yoga practice right it's literally the saying it's a yoga practice not a yoga perfect and i think as electronic music artists entrepreneurs humans we try and make things perfect rather than understanding that it is a creative practice that we are going to make a fundamental and intrinsic part of our lives right so that's huge it's massive right so again focus on the practice the practice of making music that you love whatever that is that's going to be an interesting thing we'll get into as well right systems over goals Goals are important because they help you steer the ship. Systems are the oars that row the boat to get you there. You can't have one without the other. But again, you know, a goal without a system is just a dream, essentially. So systems are where it's at, more so than the goal. So again, set the goal. We do a whole heap of this on MYT with the AAA members and it really works. 
And I think it's produced huge results for a lot of our members this year. We've had quite a few Beatport high chart placings, number ones, features, Radio One Play. It's been it's been amazing to watch. It really has. And, you know, we continue to help people get signed to the biggest labels possible. But once you've set that goal, let go of the outcome, like I said before, and just become passionate and fall in love with the process. If you fall in love with the process every day, you don't even give yourself the ability to hate what you love to do. Another thing we can do as well is to create supportive fluid scheduling. Now, what did I mean by this? One of the previous things I put up on screen and talked about is living an itinerant life. Now, this is something I've had recent experience with, where I took my journaling game to the extreme over the last year. Every minute of every day, including my supposed days off, were counted for. So there was no time out of the spotlight even if that spotlight was my own through the lens of a best self journal. And don't get me wrong, I love the best self journal. I think it's very effective. A lot of our members use them. We recommend them. We're an affiliate partner with them. I think they make fantastic products. What came out of that process for me was that I was living a far too itinerant life, which led to an extreme amount of limitation, an an amount of pressure, anxiety, and stress that I was effectively trying to use every minute of the day to its maximum, including when I was asleep, you know, like that need for optimization became so big that actually I actually ended up like, again, burning out through that physical exercise, et cetera, et cetera. But I became so obsessed with trying to improve my sleep quality. I actually became anxious about it and I actually destroyed my sleep pattern. <laughs> the The irony, right? So, What I'm trying to get across here is something I like to say, which is you need to be able to flow within the framework. Supportive fluid scheduling. Now, on a day-to-day basis, that means having a flexible but supportive framework that you can set about your tasks in, in an intuitive way, rather than bolting yourself down into, you know, between 1.30 and 2, I'm going to do this. And between 2 and 2.30, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to eat lunch between 2.30 and 3. And, you know, it just gets too intense over a longer period of time. So I actually stepped away from using best journals at all. And I've now adopted the bullet journal method. And that has suited me far better because it just works the way I want to be. And my days are roughly divided into three now. You know, mornings are off limits. They are for creative time and exercise and self-care. Afternoons are for business, are for NYT. And in the evenings, I rest. Then if I'm working in the evening, I take the afternoon off. And that works. And I've been way more productive. But most importantly, I've actually been more effortless, which is something we'll get to. Another way to avoid burnout is to recognize the triggers earlier and earlier. And it's going to seem ridiculous because you're going to look at those signs before. 
And again, think about it. Just listening to this podcast is going to give you, or watching it back in future, is going to give you a set of tools to recognize, oh, I'm pushing myself a little bit too hard here. I'm maybe needing to take a step back. Why? Well, I'm comparing myself to this DJ on Instagram and I'm making myself feel shit about it because they're doing really well and I'm not. And I'm actually feeling resentment and a bit of jealousy and a bit of bitterness towards that person and then generalized cynicism about the whole industry rather than being happy for that person and getting on with my own shit. Right, well, it's the first time that you felt it. Yeah, okay, well, take a step back. Go and decompress for a bit. Go and think about it. Go and, you know, sit with it for a bit. Get yourself out into nature. Go and do a yoga class. Go and, you know, I don't know, go and do a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and go and strangle someone twice your size and then feel better about yourself afterwards. I don't know. Whatever works for you, man. Whatever works. That's going to fill your cup back up because, you know, as artists and also people who are here to serve, like I'm here to help people, basically that's one of my big purposes in life. You can't, you know, share from an empty cup. So you have to make sure your own cup is full first before you share the overflow with others. And that's something that we constantly have to learn. And as I like to say, you know, lessons are repeated until learned in life. So again, sometimes you've got to go through this a few times. But recognize the triggers earlier and earlier and then act on them. You're going to feel silly because it's like I'm not at the absolute point of burnout. But the whole point, you know, of the statement, how to avoid burnout is that it's preventative, right? But also as well, it's about responsibility. And you have to take responsibility for yourself. So what does that mean? Well, let's break it down. This is one of my favorite things I like to do with, with words. I like to break them down. And one of my favorites is this, response, ability. Think about it. Your ability to respond. That's basically what it means, right? That's the, the actual crucial kind of crux of the whole thing is your ability to respond to those signals. Take preventative self-care measures and mitigate damage and make sure that you use these times as teachable moments for yourself. Again, this is the entire reason why I wanted to do this as a live episode of the podcast, because I wanted to explain the lack of episode last week because I was on very strong medication that properly sent me just west. Like I could hardly get off the couch last week. Like it was a very strange thing that I went through. But again, part of the side effects of steroids and, and everything else and whatever else I've been going through. And ultimately, you know, I had to take responsibility for myself by giving myself some space. So therefore, no podcast arrived. And here I am both explaining that to you and also taking responsibility for that by turning my experience not only into a teachable moment for myself, because I'll be completely honest with you, I'm doing this for myself as much as I am for you guys. This is like a reminder to myself. Like, I mean, one of the things you'll find if you ever teach or if you ever deliver, you know, mentorship or coaching, 
the honest answer is you're only ever really kind of teaching yourself, you know? You always end up teaching what you need to learn, I think is a big, big thing. And that that's huge, you know? So ultimately, you know, this is like a a record, a statement of record for myself that I can go back and use myself as a tool. Which is a very strange thing because I recently re-listened to episode 10 as I decided to put it out on the podcast. And it was remarkable because it was like, it was me talking, but it was like a different version of me. <laughs> it was like, my God, that guy had his shit together. <laughs> and it was like, it was almost as if it was like, I knew that I needed to say those things about the fear of failure, not only to help everybody else, but it was like, yeah, I'm going to need this for myself at some stage in the future. So let's put this, you know, in the time capsule and then listen to it like a couple of years later or whenever you need it the most. So that's the beauty of doing these types of things, right? So yeah, responsibility. What is your ability to respond in this situation? Optimally to ensure the massive optimal amount of recovery, replenishment, nourishment, for you on every level without denial and also you know how can you learn from this it's a huge thing right and then ultimately it's about essentialism so again i'm taking this from the greg mckeon book and you know it's not really a difficult thing it's about minimalism at the end of the day it's about deciding what is essential and then basically chucking everything else out, binning everything else. That's what it's about, right? That's the big thing. I'm in that process again. You know, I've got too much on my plate. I'm working in my business, not on my business. And that is a problem because, you know, I still have personal, you know, goals, personal aims, objectives, whatever you want to call them, for my own life and music. And I want to create space in order to do that. That's going to include a relocation. It's going to include some things being refined and reshaped in my life, which I'm really excited about. But again, taking that little bit of time to take a step back lends perspective, which means you can make better life decisions. You can get things truly in perspective and understand what is really, really, really important to you. And then move from there. Because the worst thing would be to create goals for yourself that take you down the wrong path. Robert Greene talks about this in Mastery. We get seduced by the false path, right? Where we can kind of wander off what we really want to do. And it looks like something that is interesting. It looks like something that would benefit us. But ultimately, it takes us away from what we truly want to be in life and don't get me wrong like you can land up in a different destination and be quite happy with that but was it really what you were meant to do and i think that works in a number of different ways it obviously works on the front of you know you want to do what you want to do you want to you know become a touring artist you want to become a professional producer that kind of thing and yeah that's cool right that, that's amazing. You know, you want to be a sound designer. You want to work in the audio industry. You want to work whatever, right? Amazing. 
great. Fantastic. But what if that's not the case? What if, and this is what I meant before about getting to something really interesting. What if it's not right, but you're telling yourself it's right? This is where you need to check in with yourself, right? And this is where essentialism comes in. Like you've got to get down to the root of what it is that you want. So therefore, it might not be what you're aiming at. You have to make sure and, and being essentialist, minimalist about it and getting it right down to the core DNA of what you really, really, truly want in life is very, very important because otherwise you're going to waste a lot of time ending up somewhere you don't want to be. And that actually leads to burnout even quicker. So look, to cards on the table, you know, the last year has been really interesting for me on a number of levels. Like I've loved building this platform. This is a dream come true for me. This is quite frankly more important to me than any gig that I could play anywhere. This is bigger for me than playing Glastonbury or Creamfields or Pasha or Fabric or wherever. And, you know, I've realized that in part, the burnout I'm feeling is not burnout. It's boredom. And that boredom can, again, lead to hating what you love to do. But for me, I've decided what I want to do is something different. So, you know, I'm going to be switching things up in my artistic life, my educational life, my mentoring life, my podcasting life, my NYT life is amazing. And I absolutely love it. And I would not change anything about it. In fact, I love it so much, I probably burn out through loving it too much and doing too many live streams and too many Zoom calls and too many consultation sessions. You get what I mean, right? So for me, it's like, well, okay, well, you know, that burnout you feel is also a signal of things need to change. So give yourself permission, take the step back, decompress, take a deep breath, reset and calm your nervous system, get out of the fight or flight and realize and recognize that you might be on a false path because the true path that you've followed for many years, you might have followed that true path to your destination and gone past it. Therefore, you're now overshooting the runway and no airplane wants to do that, right? So you have to be very careful. And for me, if I'm going to be completely honest and cards on the table, my heart has always been in film soundtracks and film scoring. So having recognized this, I am moving more fully into that on a personal level. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to make dance music because I love making dance music. But I've let go of the outcome. And, you know, if I never play a DJ gig again. I'm quite cool with that. If I don't headline, I don't know, Awakenings. Cool. All right, fine. No problem. In fact, I actually don't think that's my path. I mean, never say never, because I've learned that as well in life. But ultimately, I'm clear on what I've achieved in my career so far 
And I don't really feel like I've got anything to prove to myself in the electronic sphere. So now I'll be making electronic music for fun. I'll be making it because I want to make it, not because I feel like I have to to get signed to big record labels so I can go out on tour and live a lifestyle I don't want to live and is not really beneficial to my health because I feel like that's what either I should be doing or what other people expect of me. Cards on the table, like that's it. I'm being essentialist about it. So all that's going to go. And to be quite honest with you, I've had my head stuck in like, you know, really complicated bloody orchestration books for the last few weeks. And my choice of in-car listening has shifted quite dramatically from Ibiza Global Radio to Classic FM. So, you know, it gives you an idea about, you know, how fundamentally things can shift and how quickly things can shift as well. So it's super interesting. So, you know, it's all good and it's all part of like the journey in life, right? Without being too Instagram motivational quote about it, right? It it's it's part of it. And you you have to understand and recognize that sometimes that on your path to mastery, things will have their time and you can use those experiences to understand where you need to go next. And that's all part of the truth about burnout. Because you might be burning out because you're not doing what you're meant to be doing. Simple as that. So, let's reframe hard work and hustle culture. Because as I mentioned before, we've all been sold a lie. So let's say even if you are on the right path and you are in your heart of hearts pointing yourself towards that thing that you absolutely want in life, that you know, level of achievement, that level of mastery, that level of authentic artistic expression, right? Well, cool. But we've all been sold a lie because we're told hustle, we're told hard work, we're talking no days off, hashtag no days off, you know? All this bullshit. And, you know, don't get me wrong, Hard work is important. You've got to put the hours in. But it's how you put those hours in. Hard work is important, but it's overrated, in my opinion. I used to say it was complete bullshit, but I've kind of wound my neck in just a little bit. But honestly, you know, yeah, you do have to put the hours in. But guess what? If you love what you do, it doesn't feel like hard work. And this is where everything wraps together because it's a huge sign, right? Hustle culture is just burnout in disguise, basically. And yeah, you know, we've got to network. We've got to do the things. We have, we have to. But like I say, said before, burnout isn't a badge of honor. You don't get any prizes for absolutely frazzling yourself and giving yourself a fucking nervous breakdown for it all, do you? Well, my medal's not turned up yet and I've done it to myself a couple of times. So, you know, we have to we have to really, really get this straight that if it was only ever about hard work and hustle, like I said before, we'd all be working 24-7, not sleeping, and we'd be millionaires. But we're not. So what does that say about the nature of hard work in the process? It's not all about hard work. It's about working smarter, not harder. And it's about, again, like I mentioned before, it's about making sure that the things you need to do 
feel good. As I said, burnout, not a badge of honor. It's actually a lack of self-care. It's a sign of a lack of self-care. And to be honest with you, not looking after yourself is not cool as far as I'm concerned. It's not an attractive attribute in people. Because again, how are you meant to be there for anybody else in your life if you're not even there for yourself? It's one of the very first, first things that was a massive recognition for me back in 2016 when I participated in my first plant medicine ceremonies. I had a chat with the lady who ran the ceremony and she said to me, Paul, how is anybody else in your life meant to commit to you when you can't even commit to yourself? And as far as I'm concerned, allowing yourself to burn out is actually a sign that you are lacking commitment to yourself. Now, again, that sounds like me beating myself up and it's not. It's absolutely not. Again, it's me taking responsibility. There's a difference. And also recognizing that there are extenuating circumstances to all of this because of the fact that the world literally got turned on its head in the last year and we've all been doing our best. And even when you do burn out, you have to just recognize that, okay, there's something clearly wrong here because, again, if what you love to do feels like hard work, something isn't right. Either you are on the path towards hating what you love to do or you're doing the wrong thing or you're approaching it in the wrong way. It's pretty simple. Like it's pretty, that's pretty much it. And any of those outcomes are okay as long as you get to where you're meant to be in life. And again, like I say before, if that's not being the next Solomon, then that's cool. Use it as a process to figure out where you should go or where you need to be or where you could go, right? So yeah, all of this is worth taking some time to really, really kind of like consider. Because again, if you, you know, find yourself feeling like it's hard work, then something isn't right because we've all been there when we've been in a very different state where it almost seems to happen on its own. We're in the studio, the tracks write themselves, you know, the best pieces of music that we make are often the ones that take the least amount of time. The tracks that we toil over tend to be the ones that, you know, are more in the main, shall we say, sort of compromised quality-wise or just not our best work, shall we say. So, yeah, all of this stuff is really, really important. And we can begin the reframing process of it. And, of course, like I keep saying, you know, it's not that we don't have to work hard at all. It's that we have to be able to work smarter. And one of the ways we can do that is when we are participating in a task, this is like a Tim Ferriss thing that I love, which is, well, what if this was easy? If it's a hard task or we're finding it hard, it's like, well, what if this was easy? What would it look like? What would it feel like? What would we do? Do that. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And again, it's embracing effortlessness. The best creativity and the best examples of expression all come when it feels effortless. It feels like we're in flow, like we're in alignment with our vision and the thing is actually just almost happening on its own. It's pretty simple. But yeah, hard work and hustle culture, I'm afraid, are, you know, they're some of the most toxic things 
along with overly toxic positivity and a number of other things that we see on social media, which is why I largely don't participate in it anymore on a personal level. I got rid of my Twitter account a year ago. I don't miss it. I only really post on Facebook when I need dental recommendations or somebody to fix my monitors or Instagram is literally just to promote this podcast and a few other bits and that's it. I'm fine with everything else. Maybe occasionally I'll post the odd meme, pull a stupid face, whatever, but it doesn't add anything to my life. So again, it's about being essentialist about things. It's about removing everything that's not essential and focusing only on those things that we can control, focusing on those things that are the most essential. And how do we make them easy? How do we make them effortless? How do we look at the opposite? What's the opposite of burnout? Flow. And, you know, we've been looking at this in quite some detail on MYT for a while now. Our new signature... I mean, to call it a workflow system is just not even really scratching the surface of it, really. The flow system is essentially a an entire lifestyle approach to being a creative, being an electronic producer in this day and age. It could easily be as applicable to, you know, film music composition. It could be to games. It could be to... Filmmaking, photography, you name it. it. It could work across the board because flow is that effortless state of ease, joy, inspiration. As I mentioned before, we've all been in that state, as fleeting as they are, where the tracks tend to write themselves. It almost looks like you are witnessing yourself creating the thing and they happen to be a lot of the time the best works that we do and why is that well in the flow system which will be expanded upon quite dramatically in the second part of 2021 we're going to go into things like you know the neurochemical mix about it the whole way in which we stack all of those neurochemicals whether it be norepinephrine, adandamide, serotonin, dopamine, all that good stuff, a little bit of adrenaline as well to create the flow state and how we can learn to be in that state on a more regular basis. Thus also avoiding burnout because the opposite of burnout is flow. And it's all about the love of what you do. When you're in that opposing state, you love what you do and you find it easy. It flows with connection. You feel more connected to the people that you're writing music for, more connected to the audience if you're performing, more connected to other people in life. Most of all, more connected to yourself. Because burnout can also be seen as a a state of disconnection within yourself so yeah there you go and finally again because no sort of you know highly sort of 
woke bit of, you know, self-improvement advice would be complete without the word gratitude. And it is it is a big thing. Don't get me wrong. It is a big thing. And the studies show that it is, you know. But it's hard when you're burnt out to feel grateful for anything. You know? In fact, you feel pretty ungrateful for a lot of shit. So, all of those things are are very, very important. So again, like, just sort of rolling it into a, a conclusion now about, like, you know, just some strategies to talk about. And, you know, to be clear, you know, we are done with the whole sidebar info. Although I'm loving the fact that you can see my lucky cat just peering its little... <laughs> there you go. His little arm in. Lovely stuff. Um, it's just about being really, really balanced. It's about bringing things into a better balance. Again, fluid, supportive scheduling. Not over-promising and under-delivering for yourself, never mind others. I find capping creative sessions to like 90 minutes is really optimal. Again, that scientifically is proven in a creative session, 90 minutes is about all you can do optimally. So again, if you're doing studio sessions that are four, five, six, seven hours long without a break, I think my record is 22 hours. Don't even ask. Um, you know, it's not going to be optimal. It's as simple as that. Like, you know, you've got to find a little bit of balance. Again, recognize those triggers. Take action. Take response ability for it. And then take the lessons from it. Again, if if the burnout has happened, you've got a actually a really beautiful opportunity there in a way, as nasty as it is and as shit as it feels, to learn something from it. And one of the big things that I've learned in recent years is that, and this sounds really counterintuitive, but... In this situation, the worse you feel, the more grateful you can be for how bad you feel creates a really profound shift. Like, I know it sounds weird, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I'm writing the gratitude. I'm really grateful for how shit I feel today. Like, it just seems so bizarre to even say that, doesn't it? But there is deep wisdom in that because that shitty feeling is actually telling you something that something's off, and that has a root cause. Again, could be trauma, could be burnout, could be overwork, could be overwhelmed, could be all of those things. It's worth listening to. Like we said in Overcoming the Fear of Failure, fear can be your best friend. Fear can tell you where the juice is, where you need to be, and you can really lean into that. Again, Tim Ferriss really loves fear setting. It's a really big stoic kind of practice. It's a really interesting thing to kind of look into. Understanding and meditating the worst case scenario or on the worst case scenario so you can plan for the worst and then, you know, prepare for the best, basically, and make sure that that worst case scenario doesn't happen. But the main thing is to just give yourself a lot of love and kindness and compassion and empathy. And a thing that I kind of wrote a long time ago 
I'll have to pull it out and see whether I've still got it and put it up on the blog, is, you know, you have to learn how to become your own best friend. Like, I went through an exercise. I did this a while ago. It's like, well, what are all the traits and qualities and characteristics would I look for if I had to select a new best friend? Like, what would the selection criteria be? If I could create my own best mate, like, how would they react? Like, how would they behave? What would their qualities be? What would their values be? That kind of thing. And then you take all of that and you give it to yourself. It's as simple as that. If I wanted my best friend to be there for me when I felt burnt out and be there and understand and have empathy and compassion and support and would, you know, I don't know, make me chicken soup and, you know, run me a bath or, you know, take me out and, you know, go for dinner somewhere and that kind of thing. It's like, do that for yourself. Be your own best friend. You know, that's a huge thing. That avoids a lot of that, you know, and understand and recognize that it's okay to take a break. We need it because, again, like, if you listen to the music that you're making when you're in that state, that burnt out state, it's not going to be very good. It's not going to be your best work by any stretch of the imagination. So in order to allow the muscle, going back to David Allen, to allow the muscle to create that strength to be able to achieve what it is that you need to achieve, then you need to allow that muscle to relax. So again, to really finally sum it up, relaxation, doing nothing, truly doing nothing, true relaxation, true rest, true decompression is as important as driving and striving towards the goal. It's more important, really, because you can't do it without enough rest. It's as simple as that. And that's something that I've found. And again, it shows you as well with my experiences of this in the past, you can still end up there. And that's why the compassion for yourself has to be there first and foremost. It's a massive thing. But ironically, that's the biggest thing that gets you back on the path towards being the best version of yourself and the best artist you can be. It's part of the artist's journey. It's part of the hero's journey of your life. You know, you've kind of got to go through it. A bit like the end of the Shawshank Redemption, as I've mentioned the other week. It's a bit like the end of the Shawshank Redemption where you've got to crawl through the pipe of your own sludging shit in order to get out to the other side. So I feel like I'm kind of nearing the end of the sewage pipe. And on the end of it, there's going to be a beach in Portugal with my name on a sun lounger because I look German. Anyway... Before I waffle on too much, I am going to get off here because I've been going for nearly two hours, believe it or not, an hour 45 minutes. So there you go. So anyway, for those of you who have not subscribed to the podcast, Beyond the Studio is on all the podcast platforms. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on all of them. And basically, yeah, give us a share. There's some amazing episodes. I mean, I would say that's my podcast, right? But, you know, we've had Patrice Barmel. Shout out to Brother Patrice. We've had Bushwhacker. We've had Dave Ralph. We've had Rashida Jarmy. We've had Braxton. We've had 
a former Formula One driver, Jamie Algaswari, who is an incredible producer called Squire. We've had amazing people like Lydia Laws, Katie Knight. We've just had an amazing run of episodes. And today should have been episode 20. <laughs> but it isn't. It's episode 19, which I think actually worked out a little bit better in the long run. Again, you don't know how these things are going to work out, right? Ultimately, it all works out for the best. So yeah, give us a subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube and you've not subscribed to our channel, please do. We've just surpassed 6,500 subscribers. We'd like to get to 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year, if we can. That'd be great. And, you know, we've got a lot of plans. But like I say, first of all, beach. <laughs> beach for me. And the second half of 2021 is going to be going to be very good indeed, I think. You know, as we introduce you to more members of our community who are doing amazing things and, you know, launching more and more and more great content to help you like this. So there you go. So to let you know, because from the 1st of June, there is a Portuguese beach and a pastel de nata every day in my future, there is going to be no podcast for two weeks after this one. And we're going to reconvene week commencing the 14th of June. And we will have a podcast for you that week. And we will be getting back into our regularly scheduled weekly programming. So that's going to be very, very, very fun indeed. So I just want to thank you for listening, watching, if you're watching on YouTube or within our AAA members group. It's been great to waffle at you and get some stuff off my chest because I've been really kind of gestating on this for a while. And yes, it's been a very, very nice time. So for now, I'm going to leave you to it. Stay safe wherever you are. If you're in a place that is relatively safe, understand that you've got it good. Be grateful for it and enjoy yourself. But yeah, you know, still be safe and all. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right, guys, take it easy. Bye. Catch new episodes of Beyond the Studio every single week on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts.